welcome to She Illuminated. I'm Jana Fuchs, a licensed clinical psychotherapist and soul coach for burnt out women and moms looking to take control of their stress and say hello to a more joyful life. I'm also a mom to two incredible young humans, one of whom is autistic. Together, we will dive into real, raw, and messy conversations about intuition, vulnerability, and the resilience of the human spirit. We all deserve the gift of connection to ourselves and to our lives. So let's spend a little time together here, and perhaps we can walk through the rest of this day feeling just a bit more brightly illuminated. Let's go. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of She Illuminated. Today's episode is going to be so good, so juicy, full of great information. It's all about flow and motivation, mindset and spirituality. And so if that sounds like you're kind of a thing, you're definitely going to want to listen in closely. But Before we do, I thought I would just take a little time to have a heart-to-heart with you because flow isn't just about productivity. So let me elaborate by first asking you some questions. Do you ever feel like you're constantly caught up in this whirlwind that we call motherhood, like You're always giving, you're always nurturing, but at the end of the day, you're just feeling totally drained. And you look in the mirror and you think, there's got to be something more than this. This groundhog day, this treadmill that I can never seem to hop off of. And you really feel like you just need something for yourself. Maybe you feel like you're that mom that's always there for everyone else, but often wonders, who's there for you? So what if I told you that it is absolutely possible to reclaim your highest self, to rediscover your dreams that maybe you've set aside, and to feel fulfilled, not just as a mom, but as the whole woman the whole incredible person that you are. And so over the years, I've had the privilege of helping hundreds of women just like you find the balance to set boundaries and prioritize themselves without the guilt. And inside my transformative six-week program, Kick the Shit Out of Burnout, we can partner together on that journey for you. And so like imagine this life where you wake up feeling valued, where the weight of endless tasks doesn't just feel absolutely suffocating to your spirit, where you're able to draw really clear lines between your needs and others' demands, and where you can really start to picture yourself navigating like the ups and downs of motherhood with a heart full of self-love, of self-compassion, curiosity, openness, and connection. It's really about having this mind and body that's just full of delight rather than this feeling of stress and burnout. And so think of moments, really, if you can, just start to visualize where 
instead of feeling torn in every direction imaginable, you can confidently start to make choices that align with what's deepest in your heart. And that's really what my kick the shit out of burnout program does, because it's really not just another coaching program. It's really a lifeline woven with love, with dedication and understanding. My own years of experience and training as a clinician that helps me to really conceptualize what's at the root of driving your stress and burnout. So I've really custom created the program exclusively for each individual mother and this ever giving woman who secretly yearns for her own oasis of peace and balance in a chaotic world can really benefit from it. So if you are ready to take that brave step towards prioritizing yourself for a change, then I invite you to dive into my kick the shit out of burnout program. And then together we can help you to light your flame and guide you towards a life that's not only just about giving, but also about taking up space in your own life and really thriving. And so the information for the program is linked in the show notes. But just to let you know real quick, you can head to www.janafuchscoaching slash work with me, or you can just head to the landing page of that website where you can download my free video on kicking the shit out of burnout. Okay. So I promised you that today's episode was going to be so stellar. And here's why. Today's guest expert is Allie Houston, who is a flow facilitator and human design coach with a unique blend of combining science and spirituality. So cool. And as a coach and facilitator, Allie brings her expertise to empower individuals and teams, helping them to uncover their unique desires and align with their life's purpose to enter the beautiful state of flow. So her approach isn't just about productivity. It's really about thriving and experiencing job satisfaction through a growth mindset and motivation. With a keen eye on well-being, she advocates for effective recovery, recognizing its role, and supporting you to live a sustainable, successful life. So without further ado, let's now welcome Allie Houston to the show. Allie, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here today. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm just so excited. It is my absolute pleasure. So we're just going to dive right in. You know, we spoke a little bit before the show today, and you were telling me in conversation just like what you were like as a kid and as an emerging adult and kind of like how those parts of you tie in to where you ultimately landed today and the work that you do. And so I'm wondering if you can tell the audience what you are like as a kid and a young adult so they can get to know you better and how those experiences led you to your chosen career path and coaching organizations and individuals about creating greater flow and creativity and teamwork. Yeah, as a child, I love to do just about everything. 
So if it was sports, baking, arts, playing with my friends, being outside, I was busy in every direction that I could get my hands on it. And I absolutely loved it. And then into my young adult, I started coaching. I coached soccer. I coached figure skating. And I've coached in different capacities for numerous different nonprofits. So it came across during COVID, like, why am I not coaching? Why am I not Mm. doing something that I love? And flow has been something I fell into during university when I was so compelled to see how can we have more happiness and fulfillment in our lives, especially with companies and organizations and leadership. And I stumbled across Mihai Chikmisai's work of flow. And that's where it all kind of trickled down now. So as a kid, yeah. just, I love to do everything. And that's very flow-like, doing yeah. things you love. Yes, yes, yes. And so, yeah, the way you describe yourself was you were a really active kid. You were really interested and engaged kid. You were busy, right? Like really busy doing lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And so you had this kind of like abundant energy. And so then tying that to flow today, first of all, why don't we start with like, what is flow in simple Mm. terms? Because I think for people who haven't actually read about it or studied it, we all might have different ideas of how we conceptualize flow. Yeah. So flow is when you are in your zone, when you feel your very best, perform your best, and nothing else around you seems to matter. You become one with whatever you're working with. And that to me is the beautiful state of flow. Yeah. And so how does flow relate to growth mindset, action, and productivity? So in order to get into flow, you have to be willing to go just outside of your comfort zone. So if you are in a mindset that things aren't possible or you already know everything you need to know, chances are you're not going to find the extra step to get into flow because flow happens within Mm. a struggle state where you know that you want something and it's just outside of your reach. And that's the foundation of getting into the flow state. So you have to have a growth mindset to get there and know that you're willing to do something different, new, and innovative to get there. And the action piece is you have to take action to get into flow, whether pick up that paintbrush, start painting. If you're working, have a conversation, dive into the work. And when you are in the state of flow, the research has showed that you become 500% more productive. So when I say that, imagine that you have Monday as this beautiful flow state at work, You could then take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off because that's how much more productive you are. You're 470% more creative. So your Mm. ideas come up. You think like, oh, this could go with this. And because of the way your brain shuts down the thinking critical part of your mind during flow, your ego takes a backseat. So you Mm. actually allow yourself to go with those ideas that maybe Mm. you might say, oh, that's silly or that wouldn't work. So those are the productivity is just through the roof. And that's really why I love this state. And Mm. it's exhilarating when you're in it. It's so fun. So exhilarating. Yeah. I mean, as you were talking, I just had this image in my mind of like 
the rubble that covers us so much and the grind of everyday life and all of the to-do lists that we have and the, the societal expectations that put so much pressure on us, when you're able to really tap into flow, it's because you've kind of like somehow found a way to let that rubble disappear Mm-hmm. for a moment or a period of time when you can really access kind of like your highest, wisest self. And correct me if I'm wrong, like we can't be in a flow state because of the things I was like just talking about all the time, right? Or every yeah. single day. So what do you say to people like when they're frustrated by their mm-hmm. inability to tap into it? And How do you work with that? Yeah, there's a few different triggers that help with that frustration. So like I mentioned, the foundations of getting into flow are embracing struggle. Struggle is absolutely necessary. However, suffering doesn't need to happen. So if you find yourself Mm. very frustrated, it's a great time to look back at some of the flow triggers. One of the great ones is creating a clear goal that again is just outside of your comfort zone. So if you've set out to want to get into flow and you've packed it full of so many things that maybe don't make sense or the goal is way too large, you're Mm. bringing yourself from a little bit of a struggle, the stress of life, which can be good for us, to more of an anxiety-inducing state Mm. where it just becomes too much. I would also say on the flip side, there can be boredom. You're maybe doing jobs that are mundane and you don't enjoy and you need to pump up the fun. (laughs) And gamify it. Like, I don't love sifting through emails sometimes. I can make a fun game out of like, oh, let's see how much of my email I can get through in a half an hour. And Mm. that makes it a little bit more fun. And then you can pop yourself into a micro flow state. So that frustration you're feeling, to me, that um, struggle and how do you manage it? Yeah. Um, One other thing I just wanted to notice is the second thing is release. So if you want to let go and maybe just do something else, like sitting in frustration in front of your computer will, I find, lead to more frustration. So go out for a walk. If it's the morning, have a shower, do what you need to do. Walk away from it because you need to calm yourself down and just let it release, let it go and revisit with a fresh eyes. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I know with myself and with a lot of the clients I work with, we can get caught in this trap, taking us in the exact wrong direction inadvertently (laughs) from getting into a flow state. So it's kind of like what I'm talking about is like doubling down in those moments of frustration by just trying to go harder by doing the same thing. So right, Mm -hmm. if you're sitting in front of your laptop and like, the technology is not working or you are having trouble kind of like coherently forming what it is you're trying to say or do to just force yourself to sit there and go longer and harder. It's not going to get you into that state, into that flow state that you're wanting. And so what you were talking about, like struggle turning into suffering, right? So you talked about you can step away, you can gamify it. Is there anything else that people can do? to work with like that kind of resistance or lack of being able to tap into that state? I find it could be various different things. I love talking things out. So if I have a lot of struggle or things that are stressing me out, I enjoy calling up 
a friend or talking it out with someone because that idea of sharing what's going on and getting feedback, immediate feedback is also a flow trigger. And another thing, flow will follow flow. So if you have time, do something you enjoy and love. So I love to dance or listen to music, something that will start changing my mood. So if I'm frustrated, doing more things that frustrate me will build in that fashion. So step away. I love music. Breath work is a really great technique to calm yourself down, to refocus and meditation. Mm -hmm. And if all else fails, take a nap. (laughs) Maybe your brain and your body are really tired. And if you can take a 15, 20 minute nap and let yourself relax. I'll say for myself, I think sometimes I forget that my body is attached to my head. And so I'm only trying to work with my head, right? But I need to also love on my body. And so to get my body moving in some form, and it doesn't have to be at the gym. I mean, it right, like could Mm -hmm. be simple walking up and down the stairs, right? Or like you said, dancing or any sort of like physical movement for a few minutes can get me back into my body where I feel calmer and more able to think well. So I'm curious, you talked about flow as being this like really active kind of state. And I'm curious if there's a more spiritual side to flow or maybe like a counterpart to flow as you teach people about it. I feel the spiritual part of flow is allowing yourself to do what you really love to do. And when you're in flow, you tap into our subconscious. You mentioned it earlier, and that is a space where I feel a lot of magic can be created and we can tap into new resources for ourselves. And that itself is very euphoric. And some people may look outwards to different modalities or perhaps drugs or whatever to reach that state. That's where I feel it becomes very spiritual and individual, especially Mm -hmm. the creative process part of it, because you can tap into maybe more of what your soul desires and more of who you want to become because your ego takes that backseat. And I feel like learning to create more purpose and meaning is a very spiritual journey that we get to create on. Yeah. So what are some good like starting points for people? Like, what do you recommend? Yeah. That's like realistic and sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. I would definitely say go out and have fun. And you asked, what did I like to do as a child? I'll use baking. I loved baking when I was little. And still to this day, if I'm in frustration or I want to get into more flow, I'll pick up a new recipe and start baking something, whether it's cupcakes, Mm. muffins, learning how to do scones or whatever. And to me, that's fun. So pick that one thing that you love to do as a child and start Mm. getting into that flow state and allow yourself to have fun is what I would suggest to do. And make sure you're rested. On the back end of the flow state is rest and recovery. Flow is so high impact and performance for your mind, body, and soul. So on the back end, are you sleeping? Are you nourishing your body? Are you taking care of yourself? And that I feel is a key, key component from going super high performance and remembering that we're a human being that Mm. needs to rest and recover to burnout proof our life, essentially, like having that balance, that harmony. And it can be such a slippery slope because 
a lot of us can get addicted almost to the feeling of flow, right? And again, kind of double down and go that much harder. And if we don't put gas in our tank, we will burn out. So it has to be both and the rest and recovery, Mm -hmm. right? It's like recharging your battery. Yeah. I loved how you said yes. And it's not a or. So that alone, rest and recovery can be a huge paradigm shift for people. Not looking at rest as lazy or not productive. And really it's so essential to be a high performance or enjoy that flow state is allowing yourself to even maybe take a day off, go tech free and make sure you're sleeping and whatever nourishes and feels like rejuvenation for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when we were speaking before the show today, the concept of human design came up. And I know that we could launch into a whole separate episode about this because it's so detailed and nuanced and there's so much to learn and know about it. But in really kind of like simple terms, for those of us who really know very little about it or nothing, how do you explain what human design is and how you kind of integrate it into the work that you do with flow? So I imagine human design as that energetic blueprint that you're given the moment that you're born. It mixes the I Ching, astrology, Kabbalah, quantum physics, and chakra systems. So when the moment you're born, you get this energetic blueprint that I can read and say, wow, like this is how your energy works best and how you can make decisions, how I can see maybe areas you might get stuck, your strengths. And I use it in flow specifically is to understand how your energy really works. Someone who is a Manny Jen has a ton of energy, loves to do various different creative things like myself. And then on the other spectrum, there's people like projectors who their energy levels are very different. They are more here to be guides in the world and enjoy the slowerness of life. So rest and recovery are usually bigger areas I'll work with them. And understanding Mm -hmm. how people's chakras and energy systems are working has made a huge transformation with any client I've worked with. It just gives an extra oomph of understanding someone's energy. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And I'm assuming that the people who like come and see you, who know that you have some training and background and expertise in human design, like they're seeking you out in part because that's part of your wheelhouse. But for those who are skeptical, have you like changed anybody's mind about that? You know, maybe... I don't want to overly stereotype, but right. I think about like my husband, right? He's like typical kind of skeptical guy. He's like a man of science. So like, how do you respond to people like that? Or, and also like, have you had anyone whose mind you've like completely like blown open with, oh my gosh, wait, actually there is something to this, you know, like, absolutely. I love how you you mention your husband because my partner sounds very similar with is a science backed, very analytical. And when I pull out some of the more spiritual things like human design, I get put up with, yeah, the skepticism. And he is usually my biggest teacher because I will do a quick like, well, well, let's play with this. And I did. 
And I also read his sons and it explains them to a T and I can't make these things up. So he would be the biggest skeptic I have. And through actually like reading someone or say, you know, don't trust me, play with the energy, play with what I'm telling you, and Mm -hmm. then come back to me and see. For my clients, the number one thing I hear is a a deep sense of, wow, I feel seen. Mm -hmm. Or very much like, I was always told I was too much, too emotional to this. And now I feel like I don't have to be someone else. And I, I'm even getting shivers. I feel that alone is so powerful for someone to feel like their unique, beautiful energy and their authenticity they can give to the world is just enough without having to tone it down or pretend to be something else uh, has been my greatest gift as a coach yeah. and facilitator to be able to give that information and say like, well, here's some things I can see or how yeah. you can incorporate it. And it's really powerful. Yeah. So what are the most important pillars to know about manifesting flow? Like we reviewed some of them, um, the importance of rest and recovery, finding time to play, gamifying the system, right? But what are like the foundational pillars of manifesting flow, if you were to describe them in that way? Yeah, so I would say that there are four parts to the flow cycle. And if you can learn and understand these simple four steps, whenever you're looking to get into flow, you can go back to the cycle and say, oh, I'm here or I'm missing this piece. So the first step is struggle. You have to have that clear goal, something just outside of your reach that you want to accomplish. And I would say put a time to it. So if you have something for 30 minutes, 60, 90, whatever that looks like, start cultivating a clear goal and then let it go. The second step is release. Go for your walk. Let it go. Do some breath work before you dive in to calm yourself down. And then the third step, the beautiful step is flow. Dive into the work, start painting, take that first action step towards what you want to do and let your body and whatever you're doing take the lead. You'll know when you're getting out of flow because you'll get distracted. You might feel uncomfortable because you've been sitting at the computer and you really come back to real life. Mm -hmm. And then that's on the back end. Step four is recovery, rest and recovery. Mm -hmm. And not just at night when you're sleeping, make time in your day to honor that time, Um, whether it be a 15, 20 minute break honor your lunch, go outside as much as you can, but rest and recovery will be the fourth step. And then you're back up into struggle. So if you're not resting in recovery, we talked about frustration, resistance. Mm. If you're not rested in recovery, going back into struggle becomes that much harder. Yeah. Um, Is it always through that kind of sequential, are the phases always in that order? It sounds like yes right? Like what you were just saying, you can't get into struggle if, well, you can, but your struggle will be much harder if you're not rested and recovered. Yeah. And that's when working with a client is very unique. So if I'm working with a brand new client and they're very stressed out and doing anything is beyond what they're capable of, it's okay, let's start with rest and recovery. 
Mm-hmm. Or you have someone that maybe has been sitting in rest recovery for so long. So how can we look at some goals? What do you really want to accomplish? So yeah. again, like you might have a goal and you're focusing and you're hyper-focusing on it for so long, that languishing in between or sitting in front of the computer, because you forgot just to maybe relax and release a bit. Again, yeah. breath work, meditation, move your body, set your goal in the morning, let it go yeah. because you'll calm down your nervous system and add nitric oxide into your system. You'll calm yeah. yourself naturally down so that mm-hmm. you can go into your flow state. Yeah, there is so much overlap between the work that we do. Um, mm-hmm. So much of it is about starting with a grounded calm nervous system, right? There's like we talk about like the window of tolerance. And within the window of tolerance, you can struggle and there should be a little bit of stress because it gives you something to work with, right? It like stress creates like just enough friction that feels manageable for you to be in a kind of active I'm assuming what would be an active flow state, according to what you're describing. But when the struggling turns into suffering, like you were saying, we can go into either a state of like hyper arousal, where we are so fueled with anxiety and activation that we can't focus, or maybe we're really irritable or snappy, right? We start kind of Mm -hmm. having those like symptoms that feel really icky, or we go into like a total dorsal shutdown into right a state of like hypo arousal. And so I think the rest and recovery piece and letting it go piece, I love that those are half, literally half of the um, stages that are required to ultimately get into that, that flow state. And you just reminded me, I'm going to be doing an episode about this, but you know, a lot of people hear the word rest, you know, this just, I can tell you already do, but like they think rest, they think, oh, like sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so many people are getting enough ish, but still feel depleted and exhausted. And because sleep is only one kind of rest and there's actually seven different types, including play, including creativity, including social time, including moving your body. And so I love that you're really providing a framework. Like the way you talk about flow, I think provides a really simple, easy to understand framework for people who might have like zero understanding of like the pitfalls that are kind of plaguing them. Absolutely. And flow is universal. So it's not only for the high achievers or the athletes, extremists. Flow has been proven across the world. It's possible for everyone. Again, another reason why I love it. And when you're saying all these rest and recovery, it's it's so important to honor and protect that time. And I think of it as our mind, like anything else, is a muscle. So if you were going to the gym and working on your muscles – you take days off the gym. You take times when maybe you stretch and do yoga that are very more relaxing and calming. Think of that when you are working maybe in front of a computer with clients, whatever whatever you're doing for work. Your mind, your brain is going constantly all the time from computer, talking, phones, this, that. Mm-hmm. So taking that time throughout the day that rest and recovery right after maybe a work cycle, um, 
time with a colleague, a customer, client, whatever it is, is very important so that you maintain your energy level and support yourself throughout the day, like you say. So it's not just, oh, I got some sleep tonight. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking about like the organizations that you work with, right? You work with people both on an individual level and with organizations. Do you observe, you know, in different corporations that companies are becoming more aware of the importance and significance of rest and recovery and play and that people aren't machines and they're not robots. And if they want to have employee retention and work atmosphere that feels positive and benevolent, that these ingredients are a must have? Like, are you observing that that's becoming a wider kind of like awareness now? Definitely. I think that there's becoming more of an investment, especially when Mm -hmm. if like the workshop stage of here, we're going to do these workshops and it's really great to inject information. And that's where sustainable support, I feel, needs to take more of a front seat of coaching. So you, you have this great workshop and then like a coaching program support afterwards for the implementation because learning and understanding, oh yeah, rest. Okay. I'm going to put my break in and then life Mm -hmm. happens and you Mm -hmm. skirt by those breaks. You work through your lunch. You're not focused. It's implementing. I think that will be the next wave of what will be important for companies to invest in and looking at coaching as that key, like a manager or a part of the company's organization to take yeah. them further and more innovative, productive, with well-being at the forefront will be, I feel, a wave more into the future than mm-hmm. the typical maybe workshop, have right. something fun for the day, and then maybe forget it, take one thing away. I still believe it's helpful. It's definitely better than no education, no support. I find the yeah. magic happens when you can support people to play with it implement it and see how they get the big results and shifts. And that's where uh, I love the coaching industry and supporting the movement going forward. Yeah. And helping people to troubleshoot as they're trying to implement where they're getting stuck um, Mm -hmm. or the mistakes they're making along the way and helping them to collect data and improve outcomes. And I think that your background in HR really probably makes you an appealing coach to bring into to different corporations. So if people are interested in reaching out to you and working with you, whether on an individual basis or at more corporate level, how can they get in touch with you? I would say email, straight up send me an email. You can check out my website as well, alliehouston.com. However, if you want to get in touch, email is best and go from there, discuss what's going on, what's happening. And I could talk flow all day, every day. (laughs) I can tell and I love it. I'm all (laughs) about it. I'm all about it. Thank you. This was so informative. I love what you're doing. And I love that you're improving not only outcomes of people at work in terms of their productivity and and creativity, but also, you know, improving their lives and their well-being. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, byproduct is like their health, too. So yeah, thank you so much for being here today, Allie. It's been a real pleasure. And until next time, everybody, keep shining brightly. Thank you. 
If you have enjoyed the show and want to learn more, you can follow me at www.sheilluminated.com or email me with comments and show ideas at Jana at sheilluminated.com. If you're interested in working with me as a coaching client, contact me at Jana at JanaFuchsCoaching.com. And if this episode meant something to you, please consider supporting the show by taking less than one minute to rate and review the show. It makes all the difference in the world to help spread the word, and it makes it accessible to wider audiences everywhere. You can also take a screenshot of it and share it with a friend or on your socials. Tag me, Jana Fuchs Coaching. And as always, may you walk through the rest of your day feeling just a bit more brightly illuminated. Until next time.